Remember I'm telling you on Tuesday, May 8th of 2018 at 8.38 a.m.? How God gave me the vision for his story time and gave me the theme song and gave me the premises and all that. And then on Monday, May 14th, 2018 at 7 a.m., it's story time went live on Facebook Live. Amen? Nobody but God. No, all the glory belongs to him. And I thank you. I thank you, 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 and you again for tuning in, for listening in, to sending your encouragement. And not only that, but also let me know, hey, this word was for me. Mm-hmm. This word was for me. And I truly believe that today's word is for everyone, for everyone. So this is our 141st segment. And today's message, mm, love is an action word. Ooh, I know. Mm-hmm. I just told you it's for everyone. Even when you think you're giving enough love, even when you think you are loving, even when the word says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee, we still need to check ourselves. Because sometimes it's evaluation time. Sometimes we have to do a spiritual check. Sometimes we have to do a physical and natural check and say, God, does my words reflect my face? Does my words reflect my heart? Because sometimes our faces will say one thing. We'll be like, oh. And then our heart is saying something different. Our heart may say, give. Give. Do that such and such. Do that for such and such. And I face will say, mm, but Lord, you know. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Love is an action word. And we're going to First John chapter 3 in its entirety. Again, today's segment is called Love is an Action Word. And we're going to 1 John chapter 3 in its entirety. Now, before we get to that, you know I have the Bible study uh, prep questions, right? As far as, you know, who the author of the book is. Tell us some things about them, you know, things of that nature. And for the sake of time, we can't go through everything. But let's talk about our author, mm-hmm. John the Apostle. Now, according to St. Mark 3 and 17, the King James Version, we know that John, it says, um, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and he surnamed them, uh, let's see, it's pronounced Bur, Bo, Ner, like Hergies. Mm. Bo, Ner, Bo, <laughs> I'm going to get this. It's uh, Bo, Nergies. Okay, so Bornegies, and I actually heard various translations of this how you pronounce where their surname is. So, Bonerges, okay, which just translates to the sons of thunder. In St. Matthew chapter 1, verses 16 through 20, it mentioned that after Jesus talked to Simon and Andrew, Jesus walked a little farther and saw the brothers, James and John. Now, Peter refers to Peter, James, and John as the pillars of the church in Galatians 2, 7 through 9. The Apostle John, also known as St. John, was one of Jesus Christ's 12 disciples and a prominent leader in the early Christian church. John, James, and Peter were the closest confidence to Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. John, James, and Peter were the closest confidence to Jesus. Now, John is traditionally known and accredited to be the author of five books. The Gospel of John, you know, the epistles, also the letters, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, and also the fifth book, the book of Revelation. He is also believed to be the only disciple who died of old age. 
where the others were murdered. Because remember, on in um, Revelation, he talks about being in Patmos, exiled to the Isle of Patmos, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So John the Apostle is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, the most notable examples of the Apostle John and his brother James, because we, we know a few good stories, right, my Bible scholars? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And those who don't really know, you're going to learn today. Because in St. Luke chapter 9, a group of Samaritans didn't welcome Jesus into their village. So James and not John, also known as the sons of thunder, they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? <laughs> and that verse is said in Luke 9.54. And how about in St. Matthew uh, chapter 20, verses 20 through 24, when their mom asked Jesus, could each of her sons sit on each side, mm-hmm, each side of Jesus? And he said, woman, you don't even know what you asked. Whew, what a powerful, powerful scripture. So I encourage you all, if you had not read St. John, the entire chapter of 9, and focus it on 54, and also St. Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 24, I encourage you to read that, to get to know these sons of thunder, right? And it never really mentions in the Bible why just refer to them as the sons of thunder? Maybe those two passages, you know? Because we know what happens when thunder comes. Mm. See, lightning you see. Thunder you just hear. Ooh. So sometimes you might not see them, but you hear them coming. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. But, <laughs> again, the word of God does not explain why Jesus called them that. Now, as I mentioned, John was one of Jesus's three closest disciples, right? There are three times in the Gospels where Peter, James, and John get to witness Jesus to do things that no one else saw. How about when Jesus raised Lazarus' daughter from the dead and he doesn't allow anyone else to watch besides the three that I mentioned earlier? And you can review that in St. Mark chapter 5, verse 37. Then Jesus takes Peter in another section James and John up to the mountaintop where he is transfigured before them. Jesus speaks to Moses and Elijah and John is one of the three people to witness his glory. You can review that in Matthew 17 verses 1 through 11. Also the book of Mark chapter 9 verses 2 through 8 and St. Luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 36. And how can we forget on the night of his betrayal In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to what? To pray. Remember that? And he asked them to keep watch. And you can read that in Matthew chapter 26. And once Jesus is betrayed and arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know how I've heard so many preachers say, and everybody abandoned Jesus when the time came. But that's not true. If we read the word of God, it lets us know that only two disciples followed Jesus to his trial. Peter from a distance. And remember, John was there. John was there when he said, mother, this is not your sons. This is not your mother. Remember, he then gives his mother to the disciple whom he loved. And we know, again, Peter followed from a distance until the people in the crowd started noticing who he was. And they said, well, aren't you the one? You know, eventually he had to cuss to get himself out of there. So now, again, for the sake of time, I can't tell you everything about, you know, John, but now you know some of the information about the author, the Apostle John, the disciple 
whom Jesus loved. And now I hope you're making this correlation. Love is an action word. The apostle John is the one whom Jesus loved, is the beloved one whom Jesus loved. Okay, so outside of God and Christ, the apostle John is an example of love and love being an action word. Think about it. All the things in the scriptures I just described to you, how Jesus allowed him to be a part of many things, but that same because Jesus took the time to cultivate all of them, but allowed him and two others to be a, a part of that inner, inner circle, right? Because the 12 disciples were the circle, but they were that inner, inner circle, you know? And so because Jesus allowed that, and because he went to the cross with Jesus, and because Jesus said, presented him with his mother to take care of his mom, the apostle John knows about love and love being an action word. So again, outside of God and Jesus Christ, John is another great example of love. Remember? Because he had a firsthand witness to the perfect love, which is Christ. So on to our scripture. First John chapter three in its entirety. And I'm actually gonna read the, uh, the book translation because again, because we're reading so much meat and we're only taking a little segment out I want you to fully understand the story. Amen? Amen. And again, for those who want to follow along in their normal Bibles, you can go to 1 John again, chapter 3, and follow along in its entirety, all right? And the word reads, See how much, very differently, our Father loves us. For he allows us to be called his children, and we are. But the people who belong to this world don't know God. So they don't understand that we are his children. Yes, dear friends. We are already God's children, and we can't even imagine what it would be like when Christ returns. But we do know that when he comes, we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who believe this will keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. Those who sin are opposed to the law of God, for all sin opposes the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, for there is no sin in him. So if we continue to live in him, we won't sin either. But those who keep on sinning have never known him or understand who he is. See, that's why it's important for us to spread the word of God. And as the word says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Sometimes your light can be a light to those because they may not pick up the Bible, but they'll pick up on what you're doing right or not right. All right. Back to the word. Verse 7, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it is because they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy these works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not sin, because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they have been born of God. So now, who can tell who are children of God and who are the children of the devil? Anyone who does not obey God's commandments and does not love other Christians does not belong to God. I'm going to repeat that. The end of verse 10. Anyone who does not obey God's commandments and does not love other Christians does not belong to God. The word of God is black and white. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Verse 11, this is the message we have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 
we must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was right. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to eternal life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another Christian is really a murderer at heart. Actually, the word of God lets us know that anyone that hates anyone is really a murderer at heart. And don't have eternal life within them. We know that real love is because Christ gave up his life for us. And so we ought to also give up our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. But if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need and refuses to help, how can God's love be in that person? Oh, my, my, my. I hope you're put, picking up what the Lord is putting down, as my pastor says. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> Dear children, here we go. Let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. I'm going to reverse 18 one more time. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. It is by our actions that we know that we are living in the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before the Lord, even if our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Verse 21, dear friends, if our conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive whatever he requests because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments live in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. May the Lord have a blessing on the reading and hearing of his word. Love is an action word. Love is an action word. The Bible makes a plea. There are many scriptures that speak on and speak about not only the love that Jesus has for us, but the love he had by dying on the cross and rising on the third day with the keys of life and death in his hand. The Bible speaks that love is an action word. Yes, in this society, I must say that the word love has been saturated with so much water and meaninglessness. Meaninglessness, okay? <laughs> but it has lost all meaning. It's lost all meaning. Now people say, oh, I love you, girl. Well, you know I love you. It's been saturated. It's been so watered down. It's barely anything. However, when Christ speaks about love, he rejuvenates the word love. He exudes the word love. Therefore, when we as Christians, we as brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, followers, disciples of Jesus, children of God. When we say the word love, people ought to know, although there's action behind that. There's words they speak, and those words are powerful, and I know that they love me. Uh-huh. I know they genuinely care, seek after my well-being, and not to, you know, wish harm upon me. But we also show it in action, because again, 
the greatest action that was done, that Jesus showed us love. Remember? What scripture did we learn as children? One of the first many scriptures I remember learning as a child in children's Sunday school was what? St. John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we know that God loved us so much that he sacrificed his only son. And we know in the different gospels that Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross. He didn't mind being beaten. He didn't mind being mocked. He didn't mind having that stick placed in his side. He didn't mind being whipped because he had no sin of his own. But he knew what it took. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if there's any other way, but if not, let your will be done. He knew. And because that he was a loving, willing sacrifice, he showed us what love was. So why do we think that we can only say the word love and let it be meaninglessness and not mean it? When we speak love to our spouses, do you love them? Do you love your husband? Do you love your wife? Or do you not appreciate them? Oh, they're just there. They take care of the kids. They take care of the house. They do this. They pay the bills. You know, they go to work every day. I, I love what they do. I love what they do for me and for the family. But no, that, that's not love. Do you genuinely love them? And love them with the love of Christ as the word of God tells us. It says for the spouses, the husbands to love their wives as God loved the church. It wasn't for convenience. It wasn't because of what Jesus did for us. It's because he first showed love to us. Family members, are you not showing love to one another? We know right now, during this pandemic, people are gone left and right. I've lost family. I've lost friends. I've lost loved ones to this pandemic. And I've also loved others who were not um, taken away because of COVID. Just other causes, other reasons. But did you have an opportunity to say to that individual, I love you and genuinely mean it? Or did you just say, oh, well, you know, I'll tell them tomorrow. And tomorrow never came. And then there's the other extremity to love. The other extremity to love is where you just shower people with gifts because you don't want to touch the innermost feelings of your heart. So therefore you just give them gifts and give them things and whatnot and da 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 Right? You just give them things. But there's really no love behind the gift. It's just a gift. I've seen it from both sides. I've seen people give me gifts because they, you know, it was just a gift. That was their way of showing love. But there was no meaning behind the gift. You know? When you hurt someone and just give them a gift, there's no meaning behind that. That's just a pattern of you showing every time I hurt you, I'm going to buy you a gift. So you know what to expect. And like I said, I've seen the opposite side where people just say, oh, I love you. Oh, I've been so in love with you. And that love was so empty because you hurt me. How can you love someone and hurt them? That's not love. Where does the word show us that Jesus loved us, but yet he hurt us? Where does the word show us that God loved us, but yet he hurt us? We have nothing but examples, nothing but examples in the entire Bible of love and examples of how to love, right? So we can't get it wrong. I know, you know, especially the, the most greatest example we use is children. We always say, well, they don't come with the manual. 
No, they don't. But God will lead you with his word, right? So Jesus and God they, and the Holy Spirit show us how to love and what to do. They give us examples. So we can't say we don't know. Because I'm going to be honest, that's no longer an excuse. All excuses were nailed to the cross when Jesus died for us. So saying, I don't know, I don't know how to love, I don't know how to show my love. Mm -mm. Are you in your word? Brother, sister, are you in your word? Man and woman of God, are you in your word? Because if you get in your word, Jesus will show you what love is. God will guide you with love and the Holy Spirit will help you. Amen. So again, when Christ speaks about love, he rejuvenates it. When Christ shows love, he restores it back to its original plan and purpose. So your homework, love is an action word. It's fine to say you love someone, but make sure you're using it in the correct context. Make sure that the word is not watered down or saturated or commercialized. Because God knows, I know next month is February. Mm. I know next month is Valentine's Day. Mm. Go ahead and buy your big stuffed teddy bears from the side of the road for $5. Go ahead and buy them from the store. Go ahead and get the box of candy or go ahead and get the candles, the champagne, the dinner, the flowers, and all that great stuff, right? But where's the love behind it? Just because you purchase a gift does not mean it's love. Where's the love? Show the love the other 364 or 65, depending on leap year, days, not just that one day. Right? Not just that one day. So make sure that when you say you love, you genuinely know that you're loving that person and they genuinely know that you care and that you have no problem showing your love as an action. If today's world showed more love and less hate, we would be in a better place. If this world today showed more love we would not be so concerned about the color of one's skin or education or status in society or their occupation, the type of house they reside in or their vacation home or the type of car or cars they drive or how much money they do or don't make it, etc., etc., etc. If today's world showed more love, we would be in total obedience to God's main commandment, which is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul, and the commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself. So again, your homework is simply to take action and show more love. When someone cuts you off, and it's so funny, my pastor used that. I said, it's all up in my, it's all up in my story time. When my pastor said, he said, when someone cuts you off, what you doing? You know, we have to show more love. Pray for them. Because remember, one day that was you cutting somebody off, giving them the finger, the bird, you know, saying all kinds of Lettered words that you shouldn't have been saying. Save and unsaved. <laughs> when someone stabs you in the back, ask God to help remove that hurt, that pain, that disappointment from you and replace it with his love so that you can go into your prayer closet and pray for them. When you can pray and show love towards those who despitefully try to use you, talk about you, slander your name in all manner of ill sorts, the things they try to do, you are truly delivered. You truly exude love. You exemplify love. And you truly have love in your life. It gets easier. It does. Showing love is an action word. It gets easier. It does. 
showing love towards those that the word says despitefully try to use you and say all men are ill sorts about you. It gets easier, it does, because I can only speak to you what I've been through. I can only speak to you what I know. And when you know that you know that you know, hey, glory be to God. No one, not even the devil, not even family, friends, or loved ones, no one can take that from you when you know that you know that you know. Amen? So that's my topic. And that's it for It's Story Time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Because again, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Love is an action word. Evaluate your love. Evaluate the word love and how you show love. Don't worry about others showing love to you because when the time comes on Judgment Day and Lord says, oh foolish Galatian, that's you. You ran a good race, but who hindered you? Well, Lord, you know, um, they weren't showing me love, so I, I, you know, I just, I couldn't be a punk. I had to show it back. Or, you know, Lord, well, they weren't showing me love, so you know what the Bible says about an eye. So an eye. You better get out of that Old Testament. <laughs> learn the whole word, but learn that New Testament. The first commandment is to love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. You have no excuses. None. And if you want to talk about this, I'll be more than happy to talk to anyone to have a great discussion. Because I want to hear you out. Because we want God to remove those seeds of hatred and bitterness, uh-huh, strife, wrath, envy. Woo! We want to get all that stuff out of you. And we want God to plant his seeds of love in you so that you can show others that love is an action word. The book of Matthew says what? Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I love you with the love of Christ. It's story time. It's story time. Good morning. Good morning.